Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 95 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AW Dynamite on TBS. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 155 of Receptopia continues. Happy Thursday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was AEW Dynamite going down live from the Kia Forum in Los Angeles, California. And before I get into last night's Dynamite, I do want to talk about the news that never was on Tuesday regarding the potential sale of WWE to the Saudi Public Investment Fund. And I am relieved to report that is not the case. At least right now, that rumor was debunked in the last 24 hours. And, you know, the wrestling media took a bit of a hit because you hear teases on Twitter. Oh my God, the news I know, blah, 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 is going to blow your mind. We have to be very aware that a sale of WWE is going to come through the business newswire from Bloomberg or the Wall Street Journal or another other heavy hitter mainstream publication. This would not be broken by a wrestling journalist. That T is going to be exclusive to the industry-wide leaders on Wall Street that knows their stuff the most. That's why I kind of ended yesterday's episode by saying you have to really look for reliable information from sources that are vetted and verified in order to get the best possible information. Now, I will say that the shock scare should scare WWE into thinking this might not be a good idea if it's even under consideration because the firestorm that was generated Tuesday night was telling. So if they're going to sell, make sure you're selling to somebody that is going to be appeasing to your fan base, media companies, advertisers that still want a piece of the WWE pie when it comes to rights fee negotiations. And on top of that, there is a lawsuit being filed by a shareholder regarding Vince maneuvering his way back into power. As I mentioned yesterday as well, the SEC, the Security Exchange Commission, is still investigating Vince regarding the hush payment scandal from last year. This is a federal matter, and Vince thinks he's above the law. He maneuvered his way back into power. Lawsuits will take place to investigate the nature of how he maneuvered his way back into WWE in an executive role, a role he left last year due to this scandal. So we'll see where this goes in the weeks and months to come. Vince went it back in. It might be at a price, not only for the company, but for himself as well. And as more news breaks, I'll report accordingly right here on WST, giving you dear listeners out there the best possible information. But until then, let's segue to last night's Dynamite going down live from the fabulous Kia Forum in Los Angeles, California. I thought this was a very good show. I'm going to go out of order a bit and talk about some key segments that stood out to me for good and questionable reasons. First up is Tony Storm and Saray versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and the AEW Women's World Champion, Jamie Hayter. The fans did not love Soraya and Tony Storm last night. They loved up on Jamie Hayter. I think she'll go down as one of the most popular AEW Women's World Champions of all time, and rightfully so. She's so good in the ring, and anytime she was on offense, the fans loved her. Britt Silver as a quasi-face, I suppose, in the situation, and... I think that the biggest issue is the fact that Soraya and Tony Storm came off his heels last week when they shaded Akura Shida during that backstage interview with Renee Paquette. And Shida at one point comes out midway through this match when Hayter and Brit send Soraya and Tony Storm to the barricade. We come back and Storm is isolated away from her tag team partner, but Soraya does make the hot tag and hit a nightcap, formerly known as the Page Turner on Baker. Baker goes for an air raid crash, but Soraya blocks that with a knee strike to the face. Tony gets involved and lands the hip attack in the corner 
to Baker as well, locks in a clover leaf, but she's kicked in the head by Jamie Hayter, who breaks up the submission attempt from there. Baker hits an avalanche air raid crash, but Storm kicks out at two. Ripcord double forearms from Baker and Hayter lead to the hate breaker, but Soraya breaks up that cover as well. And Storm lands a German suplex and Storm Zero, but Baker is going to break the cover up at the last possible moment. Then we have Baker drop Soraya with a spinning butterfly suplex in the ring as Storm and Hater have a long back and forth battle in the ring from there. Rebel is going to take the referee by surprise on the apron and she is going to slide her kendo stick in the middle of the ring during all of this chaos and Britt picks up the kendo stick and she whacks Tony Storm in the back that leads to the ripcord lariat by Hater for the win. The match was very good for what it was Sheeta was a highlight because she was conflicted as to what she did regarding that kendo stick toss and the ring. And I don't blame her in the least. Soraya and Tony Storm reviewed to Mia's Hills last week when they shared her backstage during that interview with Renee Paquette. And I expect Tony Khan to possibly turn Sheeta Hill and not listen to the reactions from last night regarding Soraya and Tony Storm being kind of disliked by the fans. And above all else, some fans thought a certain Mercedes Monet would show up last night in her Dynamite debut. That did not happen. We had a lot of conjecture on social media regarding a big debut, but ultimately that was not the case. Will she debut in AEW someday? I simply do not know, but let's enjoy her in New Japan and stardom for now, and let's quell all the what-ifs regarding her status in AEW. While the main focus should be on Sheeta and hopefully Soraya and Tony Storm turning heel, and letting Sheeta be a badass baby face fitting them off along the way for the next few weeks on AEW television. But as always, we shall see. Another highlight from last night was Hook and Jungle Boy being a tag team. I keep saying outside of Pretty Deadly, they are the most gorgeous tag team in professional wrestling. Just pretty on pretty. They worked great last night. And my dream scenario came true when Hook, with an assist from Jungle Boy, landed a picture-perfect T-bone suplex on Big Bill. And it was spectacular. And Jungle Boy locked in the snare trap on Lee Moriarty picked up the submission win for Jungle Hook. I hope this tag team sticks for a while. I love their chemistry and they work great together. And Hook is absolutely fearless. He's a badass as he basically stood up to Big Bill and said, fuck you and your height. I got next and I love that Big dick energy from hook and he's a star you can tell he's got something special and i hope AEW explores that this year via a potential partnership on a permanent basis with jungle boy they could be a dynamic tag team if given the chance to be so on AEW television moving forward Next up is one of my highlights in terms of promos, the return of Adam Cole, baby. It was so good to see Adam back. I love listening to his theme song whenever it hits. And he cut a very strong promo regarding his health status for the last six months. He suffered a torn labrum prior to Forbidden Door last summer, and he got rocked with a concussion during that IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match. And that sidelined him up until now. And the side effects of a concussion is no joke. 
he went through dizziness. He went through riding in a car and getting sick 15 minutes into the ride by vomiting at various points. He talked about the scans, the MRIs, the test run to get cleared. He talked about nightmares he would have at night, his head going through the absolute most, headaches, and just getting up, pacing the floor back and forth. Britt asking him what's wrong, and he didn't have the answers. But he was very comforted by the feedback from the fans who love to cheer him and boo him saying, even if you don't ever wrestle again, we want to make sure that you are living your best life in terms of good health. And he was very touched and moved by that because he's been a professional wrestler for 15 years. It's his lifeblood. And he has some bad news to share that gave us some pause because the concussion injury is no joke. It can be career threatening, but it was a nice swerve in that he sent a warning to the locker room and that I am back, that you better be afraid of what I'm going to do in this ring because I got goals to possibly maybe be the top guy here as a W world champion in the not too distant future. The fans loved him and he was over as a baby face. And I honestly believe this is the perfect role for Adam Cole at this point. He is an absolutely lovable guy in real life he's so damn kind and he's a great douchebag heel but his calling is to be a baby face the reactions he gets is undeniably face and he needs this in order to really reestablish himself as a top tier player in AEW so I'm all about baby face Adam Cole rocking with the people full time give us what we want Babyface Cole, first time ever in a mainstream promotion. Let's go at long last. Overall, it was great to see Cole back, and here's hoping he shakes things up in AEW very, very soon. Next up is MJF coming out prior to Konosuke Kiteshka versus Brian Danielson, first time ever, and... MGF is such a douchebag heel calling Tateshka take a shit off and basically telling him he better win tonight by not taking a shit in the ring against the American Dragon. And Tateshka was not taking any of this and told MGF to kiss his ass. He shoved MGF at one point, which popped the crowd. And MGF responded by telling Tateshka to get out of his ring. Aubrey Edwards acquiesced to MGF's request. And MGF grabbed the mic and basically told the world, I am a 60-minute man. I can last longer than Brian Danielson in every way. Ask your girlfriends, your sister, your mom about that as he ran in on the L.A. crowd. He called out Dr. Ken in the crowd for being in the hangover and having his show canceled a long time ago on ABC. Then he went in on Freddie Prince Jr., noted wrestling aficionado, and he basically called out Freddie for She's All That from many years ago. MGF was four, I believe, when that movie dropped back in 1999, and he called out Freddie for starring alongside a CGI Scooby-Doo, called him a Scooby-Doo douchebag that popped the crowd as well, and Freddie was like, you know, you're right, but hey, Scooby paid the bills back in the day, and Maxwell was talking shit until Danielson came out there, and MJF hauled ass he ran up the ramp like a little bitch and that led to Danielson versus Tateshka and this match was absolutely beautiful to watch both guys are simply amazing and I want Konosuke Tateshka to win the big one one day very soon in the meantime this match was absolutely spectacular as Tateshka goes for an early blue thunder bomb Danielson blocks that with a headlock takeover Danielson locks in the Romero special and two age dragon sleeper has a cinched in deep and and Tateshka reverses that into one of his own. A forearm and chop battle leads to Tateshka getting a running start into a Tateshka line. Danielson responds with an underhook suplex into a label lock attempt, but Tateshka gets out of that. 
by using his length to get a rope break. From there, we have Daniels to land those drop kicks in the corner until Tateshka is going to counter with a beautiful blue thunder bomb out of the corner for a near fall. We got chops from Tateshka as Danielson moonsaults out of the corner into a flying clothesline. And when you are chopping the skin off somebody, you know those chops hurt as Danielson's chest was bruised up and a little bloody as we go picture in picture. We come back with Danielson landing a dive on the floor. Tateshka hits a massive lariat off the top rope that turns Danielson inside out. The American Dragon recovers and lands her Karana out of a powerbomb attempt by Tateshka, which sends him on the outside. And from there, Tateshka lands a brainbuster on the floor to Danielson as well. Tateshka tries to set Tana Tamako off the ropes, but Danielson catches him with a bell lock. But Tateshka is able to break the hold by grabbing the ropes once again. From there, this match gets extremely physical with a forearm battle in the ring between both guys. And once again, Tateshka lands a discus lariat on Danielson, which lays him out for a near fall. Tateshka misses the charging knee strike, and Danielson gets in some Andrew elbows on the side of Tateshka's head. Tateshka is going to fight back by dropping Danielson on his head and hits that wheelbarrow German suplex with the bridge for a very close near fall. He goes for another attempt on a suplex, but Danielson lands on his feet into a Basaku knee for a very close near fall that pops this crowd. Danielson kicks Tateshka's head in. And he's going to lock in the regal stretch. The Teshka's knocked out. And Aubrey calls for the bell as Danielson wins. The first of many matches in the next month to secure a shot against MGF in an Ironman match for the AEW World Championship at Revolution in a couple of months' time on pay-per-view. Exhilarating matchup between Danielson and Tateshka. Here's hoping Tateshka scores his first major victory in AEW very soon because it is long overdue at this point. And we're going to segue to Danielson's fellow Blackpool Combat member, John Moxley versus Hangman Page in an excellent opener to last night's Dynamite. This match was so good. It was personal. It was gnarly. It was bruising. And I Absolutely loved it as it was backbiting in a literal sense as Moxley bit the back of Hangman Page at one point and scratched his nails into his back for delivering a superplex off the top rope. At one point, Page immediately went after Moxley and we had a lariat battle of who can knock each other out with the lariat first. We had Mox take Page on the outside only for Page to rock Moxley with the lariat, only for Moxley to hit a lariat back in the ring on Page for a near fall. And from there, this is just a back and forth battle with Moxley landing ground and pound in the ring on Page. Page fights back with a back suplex and two, a lariat. Moxley fights back and goes for a German suplex, but Page flips out of that and lands another lariat on Moxley before going for the Ohari moonsault on the outside that wipes out Moxley. The action spills back in the ring. Page goes for a buckshot lariat, but Moxley is going to land the Death Rider instead for a very close near fall. We have Amber elbows courtesy of Mox as he transitions to a bull dog choke but page is on his side and not on his stomach to be put to sleep as mox is a stalling power driver page kicks out at one and page lands the dead eye and mox pops out of that and he is going to land a curb stomp in a desperation move as both guys are down from there we get a forearm battle slaps headbutts that I think actually rocked Moxley because there was blood on the top of his forehead and they are just landing palm strikes and laying in 
their shit. Paige lands another lariat during this exchange and goes for the buckshot, hits it perfectly on Moxley for the one, two, three. After the match is over, Mox is rocked in the corner. We got Doc Sampson in the ring checking on him. I do not know if this was a legitimate knockout. We'll see, but those headbutts landed. I will say back and forth between both guys. And that might've been when the lights went out for Moxley. Hopefully it's nothing too serious, but I thought this was a great match between Paige and Moxley, two of the very best AEW world champions who've ever done it. And they had a great match last night to kick off the show at the forum in LA. And it should be noted, the fans were very pro hangman page. They were kind of not here for Moxley winning the match outright via the bulldog choke. And they rooted for their guy cowboy shit to win the day when it counted most great opener to last night's dynamite. And before we get into the main event, I want to talk about the Jericho appreciation society all in sequin go jackets i appreciate the aesthetic i love the choreography but to me this segment would have been better on rampage i love ricky starks i enjoy action andretti but this went on way too long despite the good joke from action andretti regarding timelo getting a little handsy last week by low blowing andretti and samir was not pleased about those innuendos daniel garcia speaks up for his crew and andretti's like well dude you got permission to talk you're not known for being allowed to talk in this group and he takes offense to that Jericho does as well as Andretti threatens to shove the baseball bat up Jericho's ass and Ricky Starks calls out Gilligan's Island known as Jake Hager to a match next week on Dynamite and like I said if this happened on Rampage this would have been a very fun segment but you're cutting in two match seven between Death Triangle and the Elite for the Trios Championship I like everybody in this segment. I adore Ricky Starks, but this went on a wee bit too long for me heading into the final match of the night, which was match seven in the best of seven series between the elite and death triangle it is a lot of match for the trios championship according to excalibur grab one belt hanging high above the ring and you are the trios champion and i thought this was an absolutely batshit crazy outstanding match things we've never seen before during this match which i greatly appreciated first off we had death triangle take the fight to the elite early on with dual backstabbers by Penta and Matt. Pack and Penta hit a slingshot cutter while Phoenix lands a top rope fog splash on Matt. Phoenix clears a ladder and wipes at Omega with a dive. Nick answers with a drop kick onto a ladder. Matt sets up a ladder in the ring and wipes out Penta with a running destroyer that pops the crowd. Phoenix cuts off Matt with a springboard arm drag off the ladder. That was so creative and cool. Omega gets involved and he hits snapdragon suplexes on Penta and Ray Phoenix. Goes for a third on Pack. Goes for a Terminator dive. And he is going to wipe out through a table on the outside. A gnarly bump crash landing by Omega. But Matt Jackson says, hold my beer. I'm going to land a frog splash on top of Pack through a table. As we go picture in picture, we come back and the action gets even more crazy as... Penta and Matt have a tug of war with the ladder until Penta gets trapped in the corner as Nick hits a top rope springboard dive on Phoenix. Matt lands a back body drop on Penta. From there, Phoenix is going to cut off Nick from doing a springboard and hits a top rope or a Karana that drops Nick hamstring first onto the ladder. Omega tries to grab a ladder, but Pac stops him by stomping on his fingers. And Omega nearly catches Pac with a one-winged angel, but Pac is going to counter into a poison Rana. A fear factor took out Omega as Phoenix hits a spinning dive onto Nick on 
the outside. The Bucks deliver dual super kicks to Penta and Pac. Phoenix comes in flying and Matt hits the locomotion or the lights with the last being on the ladder and a nasty spot from there. Penta was on a table and Nick lands a beautiful 450 splash on Penta through the table. Nick's done for a masses. Let me grab this ladder. Let me climb to the very top. Grab one belt to win this championship match. But Alex Abrahantis is going to stop him and that is going to lead to Brandon Cutler using cold spray, blinding Abrahantis and Omega V-triggers his ass out of the ring in a great spot. So Kenny Omega refocuses. He's going to go up the ladder to grab that championship belt. Only one to win. And Pac is going to re-enter the ring with a hammer and he's going to smash Kenny's fingers mid-climb and land a Falcon Arrow on the floor in a gnarly spot from there pack is going to make the climb but matt stops him at the last possible moment the lucha brothers set up a platform ladder underneath the main ladder and pent is going to land fear factor on matt on top of the ladder that pops the crowd from there phoenix goes to climb for the belts but omega is going to hit a one winged angel off the top of the ladder ridiculousness pack is going to go up top, go for the black arrow, but Omega gets his knees up in a great spot. And then Omega is going to make the final climb to the top of the ladder to grab one championship to become the AEW World Trios Championship two times over. Matt and Nick are encouraging him to grab that belt. He does so, and the match is over. They win match seven, win the series 4-3. The crowd goes crazy. Wait with some plays as the elite celebrate on the ladders with their championships in hand to wrap up Dynamite at the top of the hour. Absolutely spectacular main event. That was old more time. This should have been a 20-minute main event. It was cut down to about 15, but it was still great. Every match in this series was amazing. Total different story. Nick's ankle injury, the hammer usage, Omega fighting through all kinds of shit. It was just really fun to watch every week sometimes, and the last couple of matches were just simply incredible to watch. And this is how you do a best of seven series and AEW should use it sparingly to really tell a story from start to finish. And I'm glad the Elite are now two-time trios champions. Let's get the House of Black involved heading into Revolution. That could be box office in due time. But all in all, a very strong main event to wrap up a very good dynamite. I thought there was a bit of a promo wrestling imbalance during hour two. A wee bit too much talking for me, but all in all, a hot show in front of a sizzling crowd at the forum in LA. I love when AEW travels to the West Coast. It just feels a bit different because it's a rarity when they go out West. Second time in a gear. Here's hoping we get more shows on the West Coast in the weeks to come as we inch closer and closer to Revolution in March. And with that, this wraps up episode number 95 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and or Instagram at Wrestletopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows by dropping this in my daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. Plus, the Serena Sessions dropping every Monday morning right here on WST as well. You know what to do. Search Wrestletopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back Saturday morning with episode number 63 of the SmackDown Wine down slash aw rampage lay not rager until then enjoy your thursday and your friday stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands see you later boys and girls take care